Why, thank you so much. It is an honor uh, to be here. I'm so thankful for this church and uh, just the long history it has had on impacting the world and impacting uh, this community with the gospel. And, uh, and more poignantly, so thankful for the impact that this church has had on my family and know what it means to Steve and Debbie and their boys. And um, uh, there was a, uh, a kid that grew up here by the name of Chris Conley. Uh, that had the audacity one day to ask to marry my sister. And uh, and the impact this church had on him and consequently my sister and their children uh, is tremendous. And I want to thank you for the impact you guys have made uh, on the world, on the community, and uh, in my family. Uh, I grew up in Baldwin, uh, lived out in, in Palm, right by Palm Ballpark for a few years as well. Graduated from Lafayette High School. Uh, I have a lot of friends that grew up. And were influenced and impacted by this church. I graduated uh, 1989, just to show you how old I am. It was the last graduating class at the old building that's now Crestview, uh, is where where I spent many years and graduated from high school. From there, I went on to Mizzou. Uh, and while I was at Mizzou, my freshman year, really felt God leading me in to go into student ministry. And Mizzou offers all kinds of great degrees. Uh, but didn't feel like Mizzou was probably the best place to go for my student ministry degree. So came home. And uh, went to Missouri Baptist University here in St. Louis and met lifelong friends and including uh, my wife, Candy. And so there's our family up there. Uh, and seven of the eight of us are here. Uh, to my left is our oldest, Caleb. He's 21 years old. Uh, he is not here this morning with us because he is an absolute genius. Because uh, I don't know, it's uh, 1130 here. Uh, and so it's uh, 6.30. He's probably getting ready to wake up for church. He is a youth pastor in Hawaii. <laughs> you want to talk about suffering for the cause. Uh, somebody had to do it and he jumped at the chance to be that. So he, uh, he went last summer as a summer missionary and, uh, and loved it. Things went so well they asked him to stay. He came back and we had talked. He was going to pray about it through the fall semester and then decide after Christmas and New Year's. And he was home for two weeks and said, Dad, I really feel like God's um, called me to go back. And I'm like, oh, really? That's a shock right there. But uh, I tell you what, we, we miss him. We miss him terribly. Uh, but uh, I got a text from him last Friday night about one in the morning our time. Said, Dad, I just led two teenagers to the Lord. And if your baby's got to be across the world, boy, that's a pretty good reason. And uh, he's coming home Tuesday uh, for four weeks that we get to hang out with him and see him. So we can't wait to... Uh, to see that we've got Luke is to my right and, and right in front of there. And Luke is like, I like to walk up to Luke and feel his arms and just say, I can't believe you came for me. Cause I don't know if you've seen my build or, or Steve's build. My dad, when he was Luke's age was like maybe 60 pounds, I think looking at the, the old basketball pictures. And Luke is just like thick and he has all this facial hair. And no matter like if I tried my entire life to grow a beard like that, I couldn't. And so I'm jealous, but I'm like, I look at him in amazement saying, I can't believe you came for me. He gets, he gets his, his girth, his thickness, his just brute strength from the other side of the family. So, uh, I mean, still get Steve and you, you see it, but you know, not, not me. So, uh, off to, to Luke's right is, is Allison and, and Noli, and they are absolutely breathtakingly beautiful, uh, which is wonderful, but it stinks because I mean, boys come around. Uh, and so you got to deal with that in front of Luke is Elijah and Isaiah. They're 12 and 10 and they are basketball addicts. They would 
play basketball all day, every day if we let them. Uh, they can't wait for game seven tonight. We have a divided house because Elijah is going for the Cavs and Isaiah is going for the Warriors. And so we'll see what happens. Uh, to Candy's left is Anna Claire. And uh, it's funny, the, the more children you have, the more spoiled they get as you go along. And so uh, Anna Claire, after having two boys and then two girls, and we actually had a daughter that was stillborn in between Allison and Noli, uh, we had two more boys. And then I get a little girl again. And I'm thinking this is probably the last one we're going to have. And so I never set her down. And so we, 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 or when I say we, I mean I, uh, walked her to sleep and held her just about every night. And uh, she, is, she loves to cuddle and she's spoiled rotten. And then you see Carter, and I can't picture a better description of Carter than that picture right there. He is four, he is full of life, uh, he's got it good. He loves to have fun and he, he's, he's figured out how the system works because there's ten of us in our house when Caleb's home. And uh, if he gets if he gets eight no's, all he has to do is get one person to tell him yes, and he gets whatever he wants. And so uh, that's how he's growing up. God has been so good to us. Candy and I have been married for 23 years. Uh, along with that last 23 years of my life, I've had the greatest job on the face of the planet. Uh, I've been involved in children's ministry and led that in small group ministry and associate pastor. But for the most part, I was a, a youth pastor. And uh, my plan for my life was I was going to be the first 85-year-old youth pastor. That's what I was going to do. I, I look at you guys, and I want to just like come down here and just talk to you guys and forget those other people here. That's just my inclination. It's, it's my draw. It's, some people actually grow up. Uh, I, don't, I don't do that. If you put me with a group of middle school boys, that's kind of my natural habitat. That's kind of where. And so I heard you guys went to youth camp and heard it was incredible. Okay, raise your hand if God did something in your life this past week. Awesome, awesome. Church, you guys need to be praying for these guys and loving these guys because there's nothing like youth camp when you go away and you're with a group of people that are all just passionate about Jesus. And you have those times of worship and small group time and teaching that God is just so, so thick and he's moving your life so strongly and then something horrible happens. You have to come back home to reality. And there's temptation and there's chores and there's TV and all these things that, that were not a part that let you draw so close to God are now just part of your reality. And it's a struggle because excited as, as you are and excited as God is for what he's done in your life this last week, boy, Satan's not really excited about that. And he's going to come after you with everything that he's got. And so church, please lift these students uh, up in prayer and love them and encourage them. A couple of years ago, God began... Uh, kind of working in my heart, and I began to sense that maybe he was calling Candy and I to plant a church in Wentzville. When we moved to Wentzville, uh, there were 7,000 people living in Wentzville. From 2000 to 2008, that the next eight years, Wentzville grew from 7,000 people to 15,000 people, making it the fastest-growing city in the state of Missouri and the seventh-fastest-growing city in the United States. Now, from 15,000 people in 2008... Now in 2016, that number is 30,000 people. And the government leaders are projecting over the next 10 years for it to double again to 60,000 people. The need for churches to be a light and the salt of the earth uh, in, in Winsville is tremendous. And so about a year ago, we set out to plant 
Red Tree Church, and I have to say thanks to Chris Conley for the name. Chris was a part of a, a church in Baldwin called Imago Day, and uh, nobody knew what the name went, meant, and so they were going through a process of, of changing their name, and, and God gave Chris this incredible idea for Red Tree as a name for the church. I remember the moment he told me that, I was like, that is the greatest name for a church I have ever heard in my life. I love how it sounds, but the symbolism of the red from Jesus' blood and the tree for the cross I love that name. I love that name. And I made I made the mistake. I said one of those things you should never say. I had one of my former youth uh, went on. He became a youth pastor. And then he went on to plant his own church in Springfield. And so he's putting all the pieces together and trying to figure out where the church is going to meet and uh, what the name's going to be and all kind of stuff. And I made the mistake of saying this to my friend. I said, now, I'll never plant a church. But if I did, I would name it Red Tree. And so he went ahead and he adopted that name. And when we really sensed God leading us to uh, to start this church, I was like, I, I, I can't think of a better name. I absolutely love the name. So, Chris, thank you for thank you for that. Um, so we set out about a year ago to plant Red Tree and uh, met with our core group uh, of families. And we meet on Sunday nights for a Bible study. And then one Sunday night a month, we'd have a worship gathering just kind of for our our core group and um Went through lots of training, lots of mentoring, and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of prayer as we sought God and developed our plan of where we're going to meet and when we're going to meet and how we're going to launch and, and, and pray that God would raise up partners that would, that would partner with us to help. I love reading through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And I love reading about Ezra and Nehemiah because when it describes them, it'll talk about Ezra and then right after that, it'll say, Ezra... God was, or the gracious hand of the Lord was upon him. And as you read through Ezra, it says that about three or four times about him. Then you read through the book of Nehemiah, and it says that the gracious hand of the Lord was upon him. And that's our prayer for my life and for our family and for this church, that God's hand would be upon us. And just like God stirred in Nehemiah's heart to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild the walls and rebuild the city, at the very same time, God stirred in the heart of King Cyrus to provide the resources that he needed. And I'm so thankful for this church that has a heart to reach the world. And this church that has a heart to reach this community. And this church that is partnering with us, trying to reach the families in Wentzville. Starting a church from scratch is hard. It's hard. You, you, you walk into this building, you see all of these things from the, the, the screens to the, to the seats to the air conditioning to uh, the, the, the pulpit, the sound system, all that stuff. We're, we're converting a middle school into a church on Sunday mornings and praying that this middle school cafeteria that looks like a middle school cafeteria, that God can convert this, this space into a spot where people can connect and worship God in a children's ministry area that is great commons area that we're going to ask people to turn over their most prized possessions they have their kids to us so that we can teach them about Jesus and they can learn about Jesus in the main auditorium. Starting a church from scratch is is hard. It's expensive. It's it's scary. We can't do it without the help of churches like First Baptist Ellsfield to partner with us. And so I can't thank you enough. Two weeks ago we had our first preview service on june 5th and that friday we had a youth group from tennessee come up and they went to 2300 doors and hung little door hangers on one side it advertised a free community-wide pool party kind of like north point or the, the pool at blue board bluebird park that we rented that out and just had a community-wide 
pool party saying, everybody come. And we had about 225 people that came to our pool party just to kind of let them know, hey, our church is here to, to serve the community and bless the community. Just come hang out. We gave away a couple bikes and some Chick-fil-A because there's nothing better to give away than Chick-fil-A. Can I get an amen on that? Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so uh, we had the pool party on Saturday and it was, it was great. And then Sunday morning was our first ever preview service and we had a little more than 100 people. Uh, we had five first-time families that got our door hanger, heard about the pool party, and uh, and came and checked checked us out. Uh, all of which said that they're they're coming back, so that's a that's a good sign. Uh, I pray. So uh, that that day we got to baptize two people at our first preview service. Absolutely, thanks, Anna. And uh, and at our very first ever preview service, one person gave their life to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. That's that's the prayer. We're we're so blessed. We haven't launched yet. That day's August 14th, but so far we've been able to baptize six people. Uh, we had someone give their life to Jesus at our first ever service, and we've had a front row seat of watching God at work in people's lives. Uh, our, our prayer and our hope is that we can help people that are searching for God or, or, or wondering about life and wondering about God, that we can help them discover what it means to love and to follow Jesus. There's a couple guys I've been meeting with every Thursday night at Applebee's for late night appetizers and Jesus. And one of the guys there, like many people in the St. Louis area, uh, grew up Catholic and uh, kind of grew up in that tradition and uh, didn't really have a, really understand what it meant to have a real personal relationship with God. He kind of grew up, kind of knew about, well, I should go to church, I should be a good, good person, but it wasn't much beyond that for for him. He'd been real focused on his family, real focused on his career, but hadn't really thought much about his relationship with God until uh, till lately. And it's awesome to meet with him and watching him really read the Bible for the first time on his own and, and watching it come alive. And now he's jumping in to serve at Red Tree and really growing and just got baptized along with his wife just a couple weeks ago. And it's just awesome to watch people that are searching and wondering, discover what it really means to know and to love and to follow Jesus. Our prayer is that we'll help people dealing that are dealing with hurt and struggling Help them begin to heal and move forward. There's a, a family that has been, been coming that dealt with profound loss. They lost their daughter, uh, had trisomy 13 and was not supposed to make it through delivery, wasn't supposed to make it out of the hospital, wasn't supposed to last a week, but ended up lasting for six months. And for that six months, they held this baby girl in their arms 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because at some point her brain was going to forget to tell her heart to beat. And if that happened, if they noticed this episode, they could give her just this little bitty nudge and it would kickstart her brain to remind her heart to beat. So for six months, they didn't sleep. And finally, after six months, she went home to be with Jesus. And you can only imagine what's going through that family's heart and their mind. And the questions they have for God and the heartache that they've been dealing with. And uh, a few months ago, they were at one of our Sunday night gatherings and we went out to get to eat at McDonald's afterwards, and, and the, the mom told me this. She said, whenever I come to Red Tree, it makes me want to love Jesus again. And I haven't felt like that in a long, long time. And that's the prayer. That's the hope. Is that God will find people that are searching, or wondering, or hurting, or struggling, or running, or angry, or mad. And God will reach these people. And it'll change their lives. There's a young man 
uh, who was four months, uh, three months away from getting out of the Marines. This is four years ago. Three months away from getting out of the Marines. He was driving down the interstate in California. It was in a horrible, horrible, horrible motorcycle accident. It's a miracle he's still alive. Uh, but he's paralyzed from his chest down the rest of his life. And I remember talking to him and telling him about planting red tree. And I told him just as I talked to him, he's like, I, I, I just, I, he, he, was, he was mad. He was angry. He was confused. He was hurting. He had this future of what his life was going to be like, but it's going to be different from moving forward and just dealing with that and mourning that and processing all of that. And I told him, Jeff, I want you to know we're starting this church for you. We're not starting this church for church people just to have another choice to choose to go to on Sunday morning. It's not like, oh, okay, we've got Wendy's, we've got Chick-fil-A, we've got Taco Bell. Okay, we need a Culver's here. We need another option for church people to choose from. We're starting this church to help reach people that are hurting, that are struggling, that are wondering, that are trying to figure it all out. Right now we have a 45 four foot long trailer filled with stuff that we move our church to unload the trailer set up the school have church tear it all back down put it back on that trailer and jeff is the one that donated us that trailer and i remember the first time that he told me about hey i got this trailer could you use it and he showed it to me i'm like well jeff this is like this massive beast of a trailer not just any truck is going to pull this trailer, I'll have to check with our, our guys that have trucks because I don't think their trucks will pull it. And two days later, I get a call from Jeff. He was in Sykes and said, hey, I just want you to let you know, I just bought a truck for you guys to use to pull the, for the church. He said, I, I can't load and unload trailers while I'm in this wheelchair, uh, but I can get a truck and a trailer for you and I can pull it for you. And that's the prayer. He was there Sunday morning. Uh, at our first preview service and he was learning how to run sound for our church and that's the prayer taking people that are angry or running or hurting and seeing them fall head over heels in love with jesus and jumping into his mission and his kingdom our worship team leader i remember meeting him and the first time i ever really got to know him uh, he played on the basketball team with my son caleb uh, the one in hawaii and uh, I got to be their basketball coach their senior year of high school. And uh, I remember talking to him and he was telling me, man, I'm never going to church again. People in church are just hypocritical, critical, self-righteous and judgmental. And I'm done with it. I'm never going again. And so got active in the basketball team and he started coming to our youth group. And uh, two years ago, he comes to me and he says, you know what? I want to be a worship pastor for the rest of my life. I want to lead people in worship and connect their hearts and their minds to God. That's the prayer. That's the hope. That's what this is all about. For the last 12 months, I've had a front row seat just to watch God at work time and time again. And it reminds me of reading through the Gospels. I love reading about the life of Jesus. Because Jesus would show up to a situation and there was somebody that was hurting, whether they were paralyzed or whether they were blind or whether they had leprosy or dealing with, with this. Or he would do a miracle. He would feed 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish, or he would walk on water. He would calm a, a, a storm. He would do miracle after miracle after miracle. And every time they ended one of those stories about Jesus' life, ch- check it out, it always ends in something like a statement like this. And all the people were amazed by what they saw. And all the people stood in awe 
of what he had done. And all the people marveled at what he had done. And they said, we've never seen anything like this before. And that's our prayer for this church. That we'll see life after life after life turned upside down by Jesus. And people that are right now today angry at God, are hurting, are struggling, that can't see a future that looks positive for them. People that are just trying to figure it out. That God would use this church to help people fall head over heels in love with Him. We haven't even launched yet, and we can't wait to see what God's going to do. Our mission statement is simple and clear. I need simple. That's me. If there's a word to describe me, the word is simple. So here's our mission statement. Red Tree Church exists to honor God and to love people and to make a difference in the world. That's what we're about. That He's first. We want to honor Him, respect Him, worship Him, adore Him, be captivated by Him. We want to love the people all around us. And we want God to use us to make a difference in this world. We only have one life. And we want to use our one lives to make the biggest difference in the kingdom that we can. For our previous services, we're doing a series called, What Are We For? And going through our vision statement. Today, too often, churches and Christians are known for what we're against more than what we're for. Now, don't get me wrong, as a church, we're not going to compromise God's word in any way. And there's times that he tells us to take a bold stand and we're not going to back down from that. But what we want to be known to our community is far more what we're for than what we're against. So our vision statement is, is, is simple, that we are for God, that we are for our community, that we are for the world. And the exact same words I told Jeff when I was talking to him when he was in the hospital is that we are for you. We're starting this church for you. On June 5th, our first preview service, we started off by talking about that we're for God. That he's first, that he's everything. It's all because of him and for him. And if it's not him at work, we're sunk. Colossians 1.16 says that all things are created by God and for God. That he's first and everything we do as a church, that he's going to be first. Our core value, number one, is this. Everything about life on earth and creation and God's word screams that God is bigger, greater, and more important than anything else. Everything and everyone exists because of God and for God. We want to give God all that he deserves. We want to put him first in everything. And so our next preview service is coming up here on July 10th. We've got a a group from Arkansas coming up. And we're going to run a free sports camp for our community. Something about Wentzville is it is full of young families that are crazy about their kids and crazier about sports. And we figure if there's a way to serve our community or connect with our community, we're going to bring in college and high school coaches and former players. And we're going to leave camps for football and basketball and baseball and soccer and chants and deer, cheer, dance. Did I say chants? I did say chants. There's, we're not doing chants. Dance and cheerleading. And for the community to say, here, come. We're just here to serve you and bless you. We are for you. We are for our community. And then Saturday, we're going to have another pool party for our community. Then we'll have our preview service Sunday morning. And then we'll have a celebration Sunday right after our service. Trying to help those people take that next step from the sports camp or the pool party to come check us out. And so we're going to have a free lunch after church. 
Uh, Fred Bird is going to come and kids can get their picture taken with Fred Bird. And we're going to have different games and skills challenges. If you're into football, we'll have a, a QB challenge and a, a field goal challenge. If you're into soccer, uh, we'll have challenges for that. For basketball, we'll have a dunk booth where you can dunk the coach and have a home run derby and three-point contest and give away prizes. The, the, the rascals have given us, oh, given us free tickets to, uh, to their game to give away. We've asked the Cardinals uh, the same. And if not, we'll just go ahead and buy some. Uh, we want to be for our community. Too often when people think of, of churches, they think they want something from us. We're praying we can develop a reputation that we are for them. We want something for them, not from them. So from day one, we started serving the local food, food pantry and partnering with the local homeless ministry and, and serving the homeless. Adopted a local elementary school for their backpack program. That's why we're having pool parties and sports camps and movie nights. We had a, a group from Green Valley Baptist Church in, in St. Joe's where Pastor Ryan used to be on staff at a number of years ago. Uh, they, uh, they came and went door to door. In 1,500 doors, they hung a free uh, bag of microwave popcorn and a free coupon for a free movie rental. So that families could just enjoy a night at home together watching a movie and eating popcorn. And I tell you what, our kids got that, and they've been bugging me ever since. When are we going to get it? So Friday we went and got Zootopia and ate popcorn and had a great time, uh, thanks to Green Valley Baptist Church and Family Video and, and Red Tree. We were at a, I made a horrible mistake yesterday. I came home and told my wife, hey, I just saw a really good garage sale. You might want to go check it out. I don't know what I was thinking. Because uh, about an hour later, uh, maybe not an hour, but... It, when you're the husband at the garage sales, it feels like an hour. We're there, and she's, she's checking everything out, and this guy buys this couch. And I'm like, hey, do you need help loading the couch up? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. So we lean over the grass, and we're taking off the, uh, the legs. And I look at him and say, man, you look really familiar. And he was like, I was just thinking the same thing. You look really familiar. I can't put it together. And I'm like, were you at a pool party like two weeks ago at Splash Station? He's like, yeah, I was. I was like, oh, yeah, our church put that on. He's like, oh, that was awesome. Our kids had, much fun, had so much fun. It's so expensive to go there. It's the first time we've ever been there as a family. Thanks so much for putting it on. And then he comes and his wife comes and they're introducing me to his wife. And, and we're talking. He's like, yeah, you guys gave away the free movie and popcorn too. My kids have been driving me nuts when we're going to do it. That's, that's who we want to be. That's, the, that's what we want to develop. That We want people to know that we are for them. Not, not, we don't want something from them. So our last, our preview service will be August 7th. So uh, very similar to what you guys are doing with the backpacks. We're going to partner with the local school district and, and give away school supplies and cotton candy and popcorn and snow cones to try to serve the community. And that day we're going to be talking about that we're for the world. Jesus said that when we give water to people that are thirsty, that we give it to him. Jesus said that when we visit people that are lonely and in prison, that we are visiting him. And what our church wants to do, part of our, our core values is that we want to make a difference across the world. And people today that are dying in Africa, just a lack of clean water, we want to help bring it to them. So we're active in, in doing that. Uh, there are more people living in slavery today than ever before. And we want to be part of helping be set free from the imprisonment of slavery through human trafficking. We're partnering with a missionary in Hungary that ministers to the disabled and blind there in, in Hungary. And help spread the gospel around the world, just like First Baptist Ellisville has done for years and years and years and years. We have it so good in America, and yet today, right now, at this very moment, there's people across the world, no better, no, no worse, no different than us, that are just struggling and hurting. And we want to 
gather a group of people together and use our resources to help them. And August 14th is our launch Sunday. And that Saturday before August 13th, there's a group from First Baptist Ellisville that I can't thank you guys enough that you're going to help us go door to door. And and some of you guys are are, will be more like shy that, hey, I just want to go and leave a, a flyer on a door hanger and walk to the next one. And that's great. Some of you guys are a little more bold and you feel more comfortable kind of knocking on the door and and we'll give away. We'll have another uh, pool party coming up that night that we're going to do for the community uh, and just uh, and just give some more stuff away. Our prayer. Oh, that Sunday morning at the previous service will be our last one of the what are you for service? What are we for? And we're going to talk about that God is for you. That God's for you, that he loves you, that he knows your name, that he knows everything you've ever said or spoken or done, and he still loves you anyway. And he offers us a a life. John 10.10 is one of my favorite verses. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. That God offers so much more and wants so much more for us. So August 21st, we'll kick off our first ever series after our launch, and it's going to be called extraordinary and for four weeks we're going to talk about that we serve a god that is extraordinary that he's extraordinary like it's it's confusing me i don't understand it when people have such an obstacle to coming to faith in god because they can't believe in the miracles and they'll tell you well do you really believe that someone lived inside of a large fish for three days do you really believe that the red sea parted and, and people walked across that. Do you really believe that someone raised from the dead? I, I just can't believe that. I can't believe the miracles. And for me, it makes no sense to me. Because I don't want a God who can't do miracles. I don't want a God who's not extraordinary. I don't want a God that's bound by the laws of nature. I want a God that's, that's bigger and is not ordinary, but he's extra ordinary that's the god that's our god and he sent his son to live the most extraordinary life that ever was lived and he offers us an extraordinary life and our prayer is that god raises up this church where god's going to do one extraordinary thing after the other as he changes life after life after life our prayer is that god helps people that are far from him they're hurting they're struggling that are searching that are running that are angry that God meets them where they're at and helps them fall head over heels in love with a God that's head over heels in love with them. And our prayer is that God's hand would be upon us, that he would smile and he would change life after life after life. So that's the heart and that's the vision of Red Tree. We want to honor God. We want to love people. We want to make a difference in the world by being for God, for our community, for the world, and for you. And I can't thank you enough for your prayers and your partnership. And if you're available on August 13th, boy, we need all the help we can get reaching our community. So the main thing Pastor Ryan wanted me to share this morning was just about the vision of the church and and what we're praying. And uh, we're excited. Uh, We can't wait to see what God's going to do. And at the same time, scared to death. Because those eight kids, uh, they like to eat. And uh, as a dad, I, I sure would like to provide for them. And it is, is something about leaving a church that's established. Uh, and, and you know that chances are they're going to take up an offering. And chances are it's going to be able to pay the bills, including paying the people that work at the church. 
which always kind of comes in handy when like the mortgages do and all that kind of good stuff uh, to venture out. It, it was our, our first preview service was awesome. We had 100 people there. Two people got baptized. Somebody gave their life to Jesus. And we took up an offering and it was $800. And that'll pay the rent, but not much else. And so we're excited. We can't wait. Uh, but we're a little, little scared too. And so I can't thank you enough for your partnership and your prayers. Because we know that if we're in the middle of God's will, he's going to take care of us. If we're following him, he's going to change lives. If we're putting him first and we're adoring him and we're treasuring him and he's number one and we're loving people and we're serving people and we're reaching out to people, he's going to work and he's going to provide and he's going to take care of. So I wanted to share that. That's what Pastor Ryan and Russ asked me to share. But I didn't want to come here and at least open up God's word just for a moment. So uh, I'm going to share here the shortest sermon in history. Are you ready? That was just the introduction. You ready for the sermon now? So uh, my children like have been around me long enough to say, yeah, shortest sermon in history. We'll, I'll, we'll believe it when we see it. So here we go. Sermon starts right now. Okay. The title of today's sermon is this. My dad, Jim Carrey, and me and you. That's the title. Just, I'm sure Ryan probably had that title last week too, so I apologize if he did. So, uh, start off with my dad. I'm so thankful for my dad. Uh, we're here together as a family, my sister and her family, my brother and his family, and me and my family, all except for Caleb. And, uh, I, I don't think that's happened in 20 years probably. And it's neat to be able to do here, do that here on Father's Day. So thank you for the opportunity. So thankful for my dad and all that he did for us uh, and really who we are because of him. This is a lot easier in the first service to say when he wasn't here. Um, there's so many qualities from my dad that I pray that I get from him. And one of them is that my dad has more common sense than anyone I've ever met. My dad can look at a situation and think through it better than anyone I've ever seen. He can look at all the details, all the factors, and he can push aside the, the ones that are unimportant, the unimportant, 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 and focus on what was most important. My dad doesn't get lost in details, but he can pull out and focus on the, the major things, the main things, and make a, lot, a wise, well-thought-out, logical, best decision or give advice. And as a kid, people were always coming to him and asking him for advice when they were going to purchase a car or make a, make a decision. Because my dad has this gift of common sense. Just to think through something better than anyone I've ever met. That's who he is. So that's my dad. Next is Jim Carrey, who is not my dad, just in case there's any confusion there. Jim Carrey is a, a hilarious uh, comedian and actor. Uh, whether you like him in How the Grinch Stole Christmas or The Cable Guy or Bruce Almighty or even Ace Ventura. Uh, he was in a movie called The Truman Show. It wasn't one of his more popular ones. And, and what it was is The Truman Show was the ultimate reality show. They took Truman, played by Jim Carrey, and he was born an orphan. And they put him on a TV set. But he didn't know he was on a TV set. He thought he was just growing up in, in life and, and this was just reality for him. But all the people on that set, except for him, were actors. His parents were an actor. His wife was an, was an actress. And it was all just this reality show that people watched 24 hours a day, seven days a week in this movie. And slowly he started to realize, you know, my reality is all fake. 
And he figured it out. And finally, he stepped out of a fake reality and into the rest of the world, into reality. And it reminds me of a passage in Matthew chapter 27. If you your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to start reading in verse 27. So Matthew 27, 27. Matthew 27, 27 says this. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and they mocked him and they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him. And they took the reed and they began to beat him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took his robe off and put his garments back on him and led him away to be crucified. And as they were coming out, they found a man of Cyrene named Simon, whom they pressed into a service to bear his cross. And when they had come to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave him wine to drink mixed with gall. And after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves By casting lots. And sitting down they began to keep watch over Jesus there. So I want you to picture this. This is the most extraordinary man that has ever lived. The son of God that came to live on the earth that he created with the people that he created. And he was mocked. And he was spit upon instead of being worshipped. He was beaten instead of being bowed before in worship. They took and put a crown on his head, but instead of being made of gold and filled with jewels, it was made of thorns. And they nailed the Son of God to a cross, and they sat there, and they just watched. And there was even a group of soldiers that were there that cast lots to see who would get his garment because they didn't want to tear it into different pieces. And imagine this, the most extraordinary man that ever lived in the most extraordinary moment in all of history. The very son of God was beaten and hanging on a cross, dying for the sins of the people that put him there. And there at the foot of the cross were soldiers throwing dice to see who would get his clothes. They were so close to the biggest moment in all of history, but they missed it. They were right there at the foot of the cross, but the most, they missed the significance of the cross. They were right there at the most important moment of all of history, focusing on the most unimportant thing they could focus on, who would get his clothes. My dad had an ability to, to, to cast aside the unimportant things and focus on the important things, but these guys did not have that ability. And right there at that moment, What mattered most in all of history was taking place and they were focusing on what mattered the least, his clothes. They were faced with the ultimate reality and yet they were captivated by unimportant, meaningless details. So my dad, Jim Carrey, and me and you. You see, we've been given this incredible gift by God, and it's called life. 
And God's given us his life to know him and to love him and to follow him and to please him and to worship him in everything that we do. To put him first. To try to live like Jesus. He's given us this this life to, to, to adore and to worship him. And he's given us this mission to spread his name and his fame to everyone around us. The last words he spoke before he ascended up to heaven was to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'll be with you every step of the day, every moment of each day. Yet, sadly, too often, we spend our lives consumed on things that won't last and don't matter. And we get so busy and so distracted with just getting the kids to practice or getting the chore list at home or all the things that are going on at work or paying bills. And way too often we spend our things, our lives on things that won't last and don't matter. And if you look at our schedules and our priorities and our dreams and our goals and how we spend our money. It speaks that most of the time we spend our lives on us. And our lives. Rather than him and the mission he's called us to be a part of. And way too often we just ignore God's command to make disciples. And we ignore his invitation to be used by him to change life after life after life. Helping the people all around us. Whether it's the people in your family or the people where you work or live in your neighborhood or on your team or in your third hour class. That God's put us there to shine his light And to be his representative there to share his truth and his love with the people all around us. God's called us to the greatest mission of all time. But way too often we're just like the soldiers. That were there at the greatest moment in all of history. And they were just there wasting it. Focusing on who's going to get his clothes. And God invited us to change the world for his glory and his kingdom. To spread his name and his fame and his love to the people all around us. And yet, sadly, all too often, we spend our lives just going day after day, year after year, just being busy and distracted with other things. My prayer for my life and for my family is that God would work in my life, in my family, in this church. That we would stand in awe of who he is. That we would be so grateful all that he's done for us. That we spend our lives loving and adoring him and helping those all around us knowing and loving and following him. So my question for you guys as we close this morning is what has God called you to do? You know, to join into his mission doesn't mean you've got to start a church or uh, move to, to Greece to be a missionary. God's called each and every one of us to join his mission. And our mission fields may look different for ours is in Wentzville. For yours, yours may be Ellisville or Baldwin or wherever it is that you live in Wildwood. It's where you work. It's where you hang out. It's where you shop. I'm going to ask you, have you jumped into the mission he's called us to be a part of? Who is it that you're reaching out to? Who is it that you're praying for? Who is it that you're investing in, that you're meeting with on a regular basis, trying to help them know and love and follow Jesus? And I'm going to challenge you and encourage you that if you're not actively engaged in the mission God has called each one of us to, to jump in today. That it starts just by praying. Only God can change a life. It takes Him to do it. And so it starts with prayer, but it doesn't end there. God has given each and every one of us talents, and He's given us time, and He's given us 
treasure and he's given us our tongues to invest in his kingdom and making disciples. To shine his light and make a difference. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to tell you today's your morning. God brought you here today for a reason. He loves you. He knows everything that you've ever said or done or thought, and he still loves you. And he sent his son to die on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. He took it upon himself, and three days later, he rose from the dead, showing he was stronger than the power of sin and death in hell, and he sets us free. If you've never given your life to Jesus this morning, we're going to pray just in a moment. And I just ask you, encourage you, beg you, just right where you're sitting, just to say a simple prayer. God, I just give my life to you. Help me to follow you and to love you and to live for you. Or if you're here today and you've already given your life to Jesus, I just want to ask you to spend a moment. Are you living on mission? Our time on here on earth is limited. One day we're going to be face to face with Jesus. And the only two things that matter here and are going to last are God's word and people. So invest your life in those. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you are extraordinary. God, that you're above and you're greater and you're more important than everything else. And God, for some reason that you love us and you put up with us and you've forgiven us and you've adopted us into your family and adopted us into your mission. Father, I pray if there's anybody here this morning that have not given their lives to you, just right here in this moment, right now, that they would just pray and give their life to you. And God, for those of us that have, I pray, God, that we wouldn't waste our lives, but we would leverage all the gifts you've given us to build your kingdom and to spread your name and your fame and your love. And that, God, that you would use us as simple and as sinful and as weak as we are, that you would use us to change life after life after life. That people would know you and love you and follow you. Father, I thank you so much for this church and just pray your blessing upon it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.